0: You got it, and got it, to got it, girl got it, podcast got it, got 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 I am your dopest hostess with the mostest Nicole, and I'm thrilled that you chose to get over the hump this week with me. Today's guest is someone I've known for nearly a decade. We met when we were five. And she is the VP of Risk and Security <laughs> Advocacy at an HCM Tech based in New Jersey. She's also an amazing thought leader, real estate investor, diversity champion, and cybersecurity strategist. Kim Abarella, welcome to the show, Kim.
1: Thank you, Nicole. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to join this this really awesome podcast. And thank you for everybody that's joined into listening to me. This is an Man, honor. I'm so excited I'm
0: to have you here because there is no way I could talk about um, just women in tech career. Alliances, partnerships, all that without including you. So interestingly enough, up until recently, every guest I've had on this podcast has been a peer, but I think it's important to highlight the leaders, especially women leaders, who've really helped and propelled me throughout my own career journey. So had to include you because over the past eight years, Kim, you've Mm -hmm. helped me a lot in a lot of ways. So to put some color around how Kim and I met, We met back in 2012 when I started at my previous company. We initially worked in the same group, but on different teams, both reporting to the chief audit executive. And at that time, Kim was a director and I was a senior auditor. Shortly thereafter, Kim got promoted to senior director and became my manager. And we just had a great working relationship. About two years or so into that role, I decided I wanted to make a move and I had found Two specific opportunities. Kim, I don't know if you remember, but I walked into your office to tell you, hey, there are some roles I was interested in, and I wanted to let you know before I threw my hat in the ring. And this is why you are amazing. Because not only did you give me your blessing, you told me to print the jobs up and to bring them back so we could look at them together. Do you
1: remember (laughs) this? I remember it. I remember it so clearly. Mm -hmm. I remember the two—you brought in two jobs— we highlighted stuff. Yes, I remember it a hundred percent. I remember we decided to go for one and not the other. Exactly. Actually, that was the best choice. And that
0: kind of gap analysis that we did, because both of them were not in what I went to school for, I had experience in, but that's actually become a strategy that I use for any role that I'm going into. But if that wasn't enough, Kim, you actually called the recruiter on my behalf, because you knew him and gave me a glowing recommendation. So in that moment, you Aww. went from like manager <laughs> to mentor to sponsor. And that wasn't the only time <laughs> you sponsored me. There have been numerous occasions, even up until the last few months, when I wasn't even working for you anymore, that you've definitely, you know, come through and presented different opportunities that have worked out well on my behalf, um, Another example, before I even moved into tech, you had already made the successful transition from risk into cyber. And I don't know if you know this, but when I first saw the BESO role, you were the first person I called. And I said, Kim, can I do this? And you were like, absolutely, you'll be perfect for it. And two years later, here we are. I have literally cried on in frustration at your shoulders. I have sat in meetings with you and on boats with you, and I just love that our relationship has grown and evolved over the years. Of all the people I've met throughout my career, our relationship has definitely been one of the most dynamic and rewarding. So, Kim, I have to just first start by saying thank you for all you've done and reiterate how much I really appreciate you.
1: Well, Nicole, you I did not do this for you. You earned everything you have today. Yeah. You have always gone above and beyond more than what's ever been asked. You're innovative, you're strategic, you're always thinking about how you can do things better. And all I could do was, you know, try to help as much as I can. And I remember when I found out you were coming to join the GSO, I, I remember where I was, I was working from home mm-hmm. that day. And I literally jumped up and I called your boss and I said, you just made the best decision ever. And I was so excited. Wow.
0: Well, if you guys don't have a Kim in your life, please get one. As you can see, she has (laughs) definitely been an important part of my career journey. And Kim, the more I think about it, the more similarities we have in our career pathing. I think we both have some roots
1: in investment banking. Can you just tell me a bit about your career journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I went to college for finance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what's interesting is people always assume when I say I went to school for finance that I'm really good with numbers, <laughs> that I'm good at math, that that's where I, I saw myself. I wanted to be an accountant mm. or something. And the reality is, and I'm, I'm sometimes embarrassed to admit it, but I think it, it actually will serve to what I'm going to talk about later in our discussion is I remember that I wanted to go into mm-hmm. business and I remember being out at a party with some friends and they were a year older than me and they were all business majors and they were finance majors. And I said to them, how did you choose finance? And they said, Well, easy, Kim. Finance majors make the, make most, the money. most money coming the out of college. Controls. And I said, Well then that, that answers <laughs> that. I'll, I'll go do finance, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's where that's how I got into to do finance. Um, so coming out of college, I joined a one of the big four accounting firms. Um, doing what at the time was called business risk. But looking back, it was a mix of internal audit plus risk plus compliance, mm-hmm. which was really the best way to start because the big fours are such yes. great training organizations. They not only train you on the technical concepts, but they train you on the professional and people Absolutely. concepts, which I, I just loved. Mm-hmm. So anybody out there, if you're trying to make a career decision where to go after college, I always say, if you have a choice to go to a big four accounting firm, choose Mm -hmm. them. You don't got to stay long, but they invest in their people and you will learn so much in such a short time. Mm -hmm. So I did that for a couple of years. And then I landed um, at one of the major, uh, one of the biggest investment banks in the Mm -hmm. world, headquartered in New York, coming out of there. And I spent some time there doing compliance and audit and risk work as well. Um, So never really got that finance Uh degree, didn't really put it to Uh use, (laughs) but really learned a lot about the financial industry, Uh per se, plus the compliance side of it. It was awesome. Uh, I did that for a long time, uh, many years. And then I came to the company that I'm at today, a large uh, HCM technology company, and you know i've been I've had various roles here between audit risk um, and then I moved over to the security side of the house about five years ago. never in a million years would you have <laughs> thought or would I have mm-hmm. thought that I would be in technology um, but here I am, and I'm so incredibly happy with how I got here. I never ever would have chosen this yeah. path. But it's been so rewarding and, and it's been so fulfilling that, you know, it, I'm really happy with where now, I'm Now
0: Speaking at. of being happy where you are and transitioning into tech, you actually just transitioned mm-hmm. into an executive leadership role. So congratulations on your promotion. Tell me about your new, your new role.
1: Thank you. So, you know, when I when I came into the security team on the technology side, I came in as the communications person, mm-hmm. communications training, that kind of thing. So it was a very soft skill type of function. And it really leveraged the skills that I had built over the rest of my career, all those audit skills and the the risk conversations really helped me do well in that, that communications and training function. And over time I, I built onto my responsibilities And I ended up coming back full circle and I just took over our risk and controls team Mm -hmm. again, which really has me coming back to my Mm -hmm. roots, which is, you know, back my big four accounting days, back to that control, testing, compliance and risk uh, background. So it's been rewarding in that I've seen that all that work that I did when I was younger and out of college and all that learning from these different companies has all Mm -hmm. come and met to give me this opportunity to take on this new role. And uh, I'm really, really excited for it.
0: You know what, it's so interesting you say that because when I look at my path into tech, right? I came from big four, mm-hmm. Wall Street, went to school for finance, um, and, and and it wasn't any of that, but it was everything else. I had I was coming out of a relationship management role and essentially that's how I got into tech was through a relationship management role. Um, So I love that as a, as a strategy now thinking about, I mean, you've made a lot of significant strides in your career and I'm pretty sure it wasn't always easy. Can you talk to me about some of the most impactful Mm -hmm. choices or sacrifices that you've had Mm -hmm. to make along the way?
1: Yeah. Um, You know, I think there's two or three really key things that I I would highlight to, to this audience. One is know when to leave Mm -hmm. Everybody always talks about how do you retain your people, why to stay at companies, but it's, it's almost a taboo topic. Mm -hmm. When do Mm -hmm. you leave? And it's a risk-based, it's a very risky topic Mm -hmm. because you're never sure if it's the right Right. time. You're not sure if things will get Mm -hmm. better. And so knowing when to leave, when you've gone over that hump and now it's just a downward spiral Mm -hmm. as to, you know what, I've made that decision and I'm going to leave. I've left When I was in college, I worked for another uh, very large, big investment bank. They offered me a position to stay, and I was going to stay. It was at a a suburb in southern New Jersey, and I was going to stay because it was easy. I knew the company, knew the people. I was young. What the heck? And but I got this offer from the big accounting firm in New York, Mm -hmm. and I left. And since then, I've really realized people leave jobs for different Mm -hmm. reasons. Maybe you leave because you want more money, a better opportunity. You want less work, more work. you have something in your life you need uh-huh. to change. Whatever it is, you just you need to make sure that you're aware of what are those things that are going to cause you mm-hmm. to leave. And once you make that decision, put your full force forward because there's no turning back unless something else changes. And I think that's what I see, even as I mentor people, um, you know, and I've learned over the years you know when something's not working mm-hmm. in your heart. Even though you might like the company and the people, you know it's not working and you're trying all these things you hear about, mentorship and opportunities and stretch assignments. And at the end of the day, you're just kind of burning time when you know, get ready to go. Right. Um, and and in, my, in my own experience, I left the big four accounting firm because of travel. Mm-hmm. I was traveling 100% of the time almost which when i was 24 that was fun but even then i knew this was not sustainable right. for the long term even at that young age so i left and then i went to the bank and then i left the bank because of a life issue i i had a baby yeah and i didn't want to commute into manhattan anymore mm-hmm. um and i i knew i knew right away i knew that was kind of my life goal you know i was happy with the company happy with my yeah. role but yeah you know, that didn't work for my life anymore um, and then, when I even at my current company, when I left the audit side and came into security, I had known i couldn 't do that function anymore. I had outgrown it, mm-hmm. I needed something new, and whether that was a new department or a new company, you just you got to make the decision and just follow through The other piece that I would say is an impactful choice, and especially for younger women kind of coming up through their career these days that I find that many people struggle with. Is there's this concept of career balance and um, you know finding your desire, and what your passion uh-huh. is, and I think although I know all of those talks are very very well intentioned, and you really need to know what you love and what what gratifies you and what keeps you going at night. The flip side of that coin is that. There's other pieces that we need to think about. We all work because we need Mm -hmm. money. We all need, you know, we all have families and people that we are taking care of in our lives. We all have hobbies and things we want to do. And so I sometimes find when I talk to my mentees and I talk to, you know, some of the people that are just starting in their career that they're struggling with. They got a job out of college, but it's not fulfilling their passion. Mm And I I often don't have the conversation of, you need to make the decision on what you're going to sacrifice. If you're making a ton of money, are you going to sacrifice a lot of money for a passion that may not pay you anything? Is there a way you can balance your hobby Mm -hmm. and your job? You know, if you're, if you love to travel and you're traveling a lot, but you're not making a lot of money, are you going to make the decision to get a new job to give you more money, but then you're not going to travel? So I think you truthfully have to weigh not only what you personally like, because we'd all like to be doing Mm -hmm. something more fun, (laughs) but really thinking about what's going, what does your life need beyond just what you want and and prefer? You know, I think that's a tough balance that we don't talk about Mm -hmm. enough.
0: So definitely knowing when to leave which is, and you know what? Mm-hmm. Let me say it, Kim. It's scary. It's very, very scary. It is. You know, for me, it leaving a job that for a company that I completely enjoyed working at, that I grew so much at, it was, it, it was very scary for me because I felt like I had so many different relationships and so much relationship currency. And I had really built up a brand And here I'm thinking like, girl, Mm -hmm. it's the middle of a pandemic and you really want to find a new job, but I knew it was time, right? Mm -hmm. Because I wanted to be a Mm -hmm. part of of something different. I wanted, you know, different growth opportunities. So I, I totally, I totally get that. That.
1: And it's admirable. It's admirable that you took that risk because there's always Mm -hmm. something. I can't tell you how many times I hear people say, I'm going to stay just until I get my bonus. Oh, well then I'm going to stay until the holidays. Let me just get through the (laughs) summer. Let me just get through my birthday. Mm -hmm. Let me just get through my vacation. And here you are five years Mm -hmm. later and And nothing's changed. changed. And now you're five years into frustration and stress and missed opportunities. Mm -hmm. And you know what, what could have happened if you didn't go? One last quick thing about choices and sacrifices this is a story I like to tell because, again, it goes back to that decision on what do I like versus where do I mm-hmm. need to be. And when I had left, when I was looking to leave the accounting firm, I I was out interviewing. I, w- I was working in Manhattan, and I went to interview for an audit position at a really cool re- clothing retailer, okay. really cool, super hip, one of the best clothing retailers out there. They were really popular. They were downtown Manhattan. I went and interviewed with them. And I remember I I, I was laughing because the recruiter told me, don't wear a suit Mm -hmm. to this interview. You have to wear clothes that this designer made. I was like, all right, (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) And I got there and I I found it to be such a cool environment because you had the Mm -hmm. designers working alongside the auditors. Mm. You had fabric working right next to the bathrooms. Mm -hmm. Like It was just a very cool environment. But I was not interviewing to be a designer right. or the fabric mm-hmm. tester. I was interviewing to do audit, and specifically a compliance-related audit mm-hmm. function, SOcks. And I got the job, and it was there were three people in the entire audit function at this mm-hmm. company. I had interviewed up to the CEO, got the job. Great, I was excited. At The same time, I got the job offer from the investment mm-hmm. bank that I had also been interviewing at. And same type of position, audit. Actually the pay was very Mm -hmm. similar, no big difference. And I struggled with that decision for a while. I said, I could go to this stodgy bank Mm -hmm. and you know, that I don't really want to go to, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't, it's not that fun. Or it was really cool clothing company. And I asked a mentor of mine at the time, a mentor, somebody that I really looked up to. And I said, what would you do, a a fellow female executive leader? And they said, no brainer, you have to go to the Mm. bank. And I'm like, what? Why would I go to the bank? But I love these clothes. Mm -hmm. And I love this this brand. And she said, but you're not going to be a designer. You're not going there to wear clothes. Mm-hmm. Like, where is that brand going to take you in your career? You're a finance manager. Wow. You've got big four accounting experience. You're a risk compliance controls person. Mm-hmm. How is this clothing company going to take you to the next level? I'm sure it would be a great job. I'm sure it's going to be fun at 25 mm-hmm. years old. <laughs> but if you look at where the bank can take yeah. you, what the bank's going to teach you, and where that can propel you to and how that looks on a resume. And so I did. I took the banking job. Really? Now, I'm not, I don't know what would have happened if I took the mm-hmm. other job. Maybe I would be an executive at <laughs> right. some really cool clothing right. manufacturer. But when I when I look today, that clothing manufacturer is one of the ones that just uh, filed for bankruptcy wow. in March because of the mm-hmm. pandemic. They've changed these CEOs four wow. times since I did that interview. Wow. They are, they've are. they closed mo- <clears throat> most of their in- in-person mm-hmm. stores. And my banking experience till this day, as I'm in this new position today, I still rely on what mm-hmm. I learned there because they were top class. And I still refer back and say, hey, you know what? 10 years ago at the bank, they were mm-hmm. doing this. Maybe we should consider right. that. And right. I feel like that's kind of an example of what I'm talking about is I would have preferred to go to the clothing yeah. company. It would have been more yeah. fun. It would have been my passion. I was into style, mm-hmm. fashion. Banking was not my passion, but you know what? Long-term I had to make that yeah. decision and I'm glad that I well, did. Well, I can so. tell.
0: So it's so funny. Here's another connector for us. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I was 25 years old, Kim, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. I was looking for, I was leaving public. I had been at the bank, went to public mm-hmm. accounting, was looking for a new role. And I got two offers, one from a multinational telecommunications, conglomerate, huge company, treat their people. Well, great benefits package, obviously had the bigger salary, but then on the other hand, Mm -hmm. I got an offer from a really small video game uh, developer and publisher in New York city. I went to the interview, Mm -hmm. everybody had on jeans, there were dogs there. People were playing video games and I didn't ask anybody <laughs> which one I should take. <laughs> and I ended up going with the video game company, but you know, to your point though, I had already had the banking and the big four on my resume. Right. So right. Um, I, and I, and I, I learned a lot there, um, but not mm-hmm. as much as that I would have gathered from big four right. or, or, or wall street. So but totally, totally different. It
1: does make for an interesting story. Don't get me wrong. Some of these companies teach you so much. You do a lot. Yeah. I remember when you interviewed, um, we we talked about the video game mm-hmm. company because that is something most people in this field don't yeah, have. It's agreed. cool, it's different. Agreed. You know, but when you're young and you're starting out in your career, I was only a couple years in. Like I said, it was twenty-four, twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I would have ended up in the same yeah. place. Yeah. Who knows? But, you know, I think it's just one of those decisions you need to weigh long term. Like, where is this company going to get me in Mm -hmm. the next, not just for Mm -hmm. today, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: So you made a lot of smart choices. Were there any choices that you made that you would have changed? Or did you make any mistakes or mishaps? And what did you learn from that? Yeah,
1: Yeah, and and I think it kind of goes back to the make sure you know when to leave. Uh, I was in a situation where I was... I was, I was wanting to be promoted, mm-hmm. uh, and I kept going to my boss, and I would say, what do I need to, be, to do to get promoted, because I'm doing all this work more so than my right. peers, and my boss would say, oh, you know what, Kim, you need to go do X, Y, and mm-hmm. Z, go show me that you can do X, Y, and Z, and I would, I would go back, I would do X, Y, Z times three, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'd go back to my boss, and I'd say, oh, look, I did X, Y, and Z, and I did all this stuff, and they'd say, great job, Kim. Now go do (laughs) numbers three, four, and five. And I would, I would go back and I would go back and do it. And they'd say, okay, now every, I would, this pattern went on for three years. Wow! And I would three years, I would, because, and I, it took me going to a mentor, finally, an executive Mm -hmm. mentor who you and I both know. And I went to them and I said, this this is what's happening to me. I consistently getting great performance reviews. I'm consistently outperforming my peers. I'm 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 doing what my boss is telling me to do, but I'm not getting the promotion you're mm-hmm. promising. And she said to me, Kim, they're giving you homework. Mm-hmm. This is busy work. They they're never gonna promote you. And I I was shocked. Wow. I'm like, how could you say that? And she said, Don't you see it? She goes, they know you're going to do the work. They know you're capable of it. They're not going to promote you. They're buying time. Mm. If they were going to promote you, they would have promoted already. you two mm-hmm. years ago or last year. So what are you staying there for? And that's when I knew time to leave. And I did. Wow. Um, and I find that a lot of managers do that. They'll say, oh, you know, you got to go do a stretch assignment. You got to go do this. Mm-hmm. You got to go do that. When in reality is, if a manager is going to promote you, they're going to be talking about how to promote you what to do from the start. Right. They're not going to go, you're not going to have to go check a box sure. unless you're doing a very operational type of function. Right.
0: agree. agree. So there are a lot of things I've learned from you along the way. Um, one of the first things that comes to mind is the importance of relationships and you're very much a connector because mm-hmm. you, you know, mm-hmm. everybody, right? So <laughs> talk to and everybody loves you. Like it's, it's one thing when people know people, um, but it's one thing when people know and like people. And you don't see that too, too often. <laughs> Talk to me about your view on the value of relationships in business or how you've been successful at building relationships in your career. Yep.
1: You know, I, I really think relationships are the key to success. success. And I know that's very philosophical. I know people roll their eyes when they hear it. And you go to these conferences and people, they say, Oh, go do networking for 15 mm-hmm. minutes. And it's my pet peeve because sometimes it's so fake. Mm-hmm. Um, I once had a boss that had a, who gave me a spreadsheet and she said, here are the 10 people. I want you to go build relationships with. She goes, here's the first meeting you need to have with them. Then come up with a reason to have a second meeting with them and check it off here. And it didn't work. Yeah. There are some, I am a very extroverted person. I like people this working at home. The last few months has been killing me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like to be in person. I like to, um, to see people and I'm genuinely interested in what they're doing in their personal lives and what they're, what they like, what they don't like, what they want to do. Um, and you know what? It's easier to make relationships and build relationships with people that are interested in having a relationship with mm-hmm. you. That's why my boss's spreadsheet didn't work. Half the people on that list had no interest in right. knowing me. Well, I can't make a relationship with you if you don't want to know mm-hmm. me. So I think where I've excelled is I have tried I have not shied away from the conversation. And you know, I've found people, the people that you don't want relationships are don't want to be involved. I I I, Truthfully, I kind of just push them Mm -hmm. to a side. I leave them. Mm -hmm. Then there's the people that, you know, they're like me. They want to build relationships. They want to have mentors. They want to have connections. Those are the people that I focus on. And it's, you know, it's, it comes naturally to me. I know it doesn't Mm -hmm. to many people, but I really kind of look to actually, and this isn't even, this is certainly not brain science, but when we're in the office, you know, being remote's different, but you know what, it's those informal things. Mm -hmm. It's having lunch in the cafeteria. You see people, you can talk to them. You say, hello, you're in line with them. It's someone's having a baby shower. You go and you hang Mm -hmm. out and guess what? Now, the next time you need that person, they at least can put a name to Mm -hmm. a face, you know them. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you get to meet somebody. But I find it's harder now that we're all remote. It takes a lot more effort. but when you are in person, I find that it's, it's so much easier if you just go one extra yeah. step and instead of eating in your office mm-hmm. or, you know, ordering food or not going to the, you're sending a gift to the shower or mm-hmm. whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's really about being intentional and not just focusing on the formal mm-hmm. sit downs, but also finding opportunities to right. engage informally.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Cause I'd actually say that the formal sit downs have worked in my experience mm-hmm. have worked less. Mm-hmm. I've been, you know, that, that spreadsheet that my boss gave me, I did it. Yep. I met every single person mm-hmm. on that list and I even went back for the second meeting, mm-hmm. but you know what? It wasn't genuine. Right. Those people it did was it a one half hour meeting on their calendar That they probably were like, why is this person meeting Mm -hmm. with me? This was a waste of time. They didn't remember my Mm -hmm. name. I didn't make an impression. We didn't connect. Um, Whereas the people, the genuine partnerships I've made Mm -hmm. have been much more organic. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Contacts and connections are two very, very different things now I want to talk mm-hmm. about being a woman executive, especially in the tech space mm-hmm. because it's not something we see too often. What has your experience mm-hmm. as a woman in tech really been like
1: so it's it's hard for me to distinguish between being a woman in tech and being a non-technical mm-hmm. person in tech because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sometimes I'm not sure which one it is, and i, I go back and forth but you know, I struggle sometimes even till today because I, like I mentioned, I was a finance major. I didn't major in information technology. I did not grow. I'm not a developer. I'm not a coder. And so oftentimes I still find myself and I'm finally at the point in my career where I'm confident in asking the dumb question. Mm -hmm. And I've, This is very recent development for me. This is not easy. And it's taken me years to get to this point where I have realized that the dumb question is the same question all the other people (laughs) are Right. I'm not kidding. I have a good example of this, actually. A couple months ago, I was in an executive meeting with all my peers. And we're sitting around the table. And we have a guest speaker talking. And they're using some acronym. I don't know what it was. And I'm sitting next to a lawyer and I'm like, Oh my God, I must be the only person in this room. I'm thinking mm-hmm. to myself that doesn't understand what this mm-hmm. is. I have no clue. So during the, the bathroom break, I say to, to the lawyer, I said, do you know what this is? Like just, I whisper it so no one can hear that. I don't know what it is. And she goes, I don't know what it is either. I thought everybody <laughs> else knew. I'm like, no, no, I don't know mm-hmm. either. And they were, we we're like, all right, good. At least we we, us two I don't know. know. Well, then the, the person continues talking. And now the guy sitting across from me, the next bathroom break leans over and goes, hey Kim, do you know what this is? Because I don't know what this is. And I was like, I started laughing because I was like, here I thought it was just me. Meanwhile, the technical guy across from me doesn't know. The lawyer next to me doesn't know. Nobody knows. So whose fault is that? It's the person presenting. None of us knew, but the problem was I assumed it was me. Mm -hmm. The lawyer thought it was her because she's not technical. technical, I thought it was him because he is technical. He thought it was something different. (laughs) Um, So I find that it's my nature to doubt myself. Mm -hmm. I question what I'm doing. I'm questioning how someone's reacting to Mm -hmm. me. And I don't know if it's because it's them. They're just nasty all the time. Are they nasty because I'm a woman? Are they nasty because I'm not technical and I'm asking them these hard Mm -hmm. questions and they don't know how to answer them? Or are they being nasty because... I'm pushing back on them and I'm not taking their song mm-hmm. and dance. I'm seeing through the show they're trying to put mm-hmm. on. And so I think that's the biggest challenge I've mm-hmm. faced. And I would say that I I've been lucky in my career that, you know, being a woman in technology is, has not had a negative impact on me. It's been more my own doubt. Uh, I'm starting to get past that. Um, And advice for others is is truly confidence. Mm -hmm. There's there's a woman on my team right now, junior level, definitely not technical, used to be an Mm -hmm. admin, and, I mean, literally is running some of the most technical components of our processes today, not because she went to college and got some pretty degree, but because she just had it in her to learn it. And it's not that difficult when you just try. So everyone doubted Mm -hmm. her and said, oh, she's an admin. She can't do this. Guess what? She's running some very, very complex stuff. And you know what we realized? All this, quote, technical Mm -hmm. stuff, it comes down to process, comes down to procedures, comes down to policies, comes down to smart and efficient decision-making over and over and over again
0: so literally that has pretty much been my saving grace because i felt the same way when i came into tech i'm like i can barely work the printer and i have to manage Mm -hmm. the cybersecurity portfolio for how many billion Mm -hmm. dollar book of business but the reality Mm -hmm. is technology is what we leverage to enable the business so somebody's Mm got to break this down into layman's terms and it's just about being thoughtful. It's really yep. just about being thoughtful. Yep. Now, one thing I have picked yep. up from, you know, as you know, on my last team, I was the only woman on the team. Um, I mm-hmm. definitely learned how to talk over people. Like the guys, they, they don't care, mm-hmm. right? They're going to say whatever mm-hmm. they have to say and they're going to finish it. And it, it sounds oh, rude, Nicole. but I'm actually <laughs> happy that I picked mm-hmm. it up because it saved me in more mm-hmm. ways than one.
1: I have to comment on that because that happened to me today and it ruined my day because we were on a call about something super important Mm -hmm. and it was myself and two, two other men. And I could not get a word in edgewise. Mm -hmm. I would start a thought and they would cut me off. Mm -hmm. And they tell me I was wrong and I would start. And I was getting so frustrated. Mm -hmm. And the other woman that was on the call was I was texting me at the same time. And she said, Kim, just interrupt them. Who cares? And I did. And it was so hard because we're taught right. to be polite. We're taught to be mm-hmm. that that's rude, that to interrupt somebody is, is mm-hmm. is not right. And it was mm-hmm. hard for me to do, but I did it. And if I didn't do it, See? I wouldn't have gotten my point across. Mm-hmm. We ran out of time. But the point is, you're absolutely right. That you get talked over depending yes. on the culture of your team and the people you're talking to. If they're, they think you don't know as much as them, mm-hmm. they're just going to keep going or they're trying to pull the wool over your eyes. They're just going to mm-hmm. keep on going.
0: Period. Period. So, so yeah, yeah, there's definitely, um, and the, you know, the guys on my team, they're super cool. They take really good care of me. Mm-hmm. They let me steal their mm-hmm. collar stays. I make them open the door, but things like that, that I've picked up mm-hmm. from them are really helpful. Another thing, and This is probably a little shady, but it's not. Men have a way, Mm -hmm. some, and some women do it too. I don't want to be biased, but working on a team with men, Mm -hmm. what I notice is Mm -hmm. that they have a really unique way of making any small piece of work that they do sound big and impactful. (laughs) Have you seen (laughs) that? It's the truth. I'm dying
1: laughing because it Mm -hmm. happened today. Because it happened today. I feel like Mm -hmm. you're summarizing my my Mm -hmm. whole day today because somebody came and said, oh my God, we had this big win. We changed this whole process and it's so amazingly Mm -hmm. great. (laughs) And a a fellow female pushed back and they were Mm -hmm. like, what do you mean? We've always Mm -hmm. done it that way. What are you talking about? And they said, let's get together. We'll tell you about how many Mm -hmm. great things we did today. And we get Mm -hmm. on the call and sure enough, she was absolutely right. She goes, "Wait, so what you're telling me is you haven't been doing okay. your job for five years, and now you're doing your you job in the back yeah, and you're calling you it a now. win and that's exactly what it was. We put some real pretty words around it and yeah. some pretty nice slides, and at the end of the day, when you actually take the time to look at it, there's not mm-hmm. much meat there it's we're doing what we were supposed to be doing, maybe with right. a little extra fluff, but but 100%, and I don't think it is just woman and men. I think it's the Agreed. culture of an organization that rewards mm-hmm. that type of behavior. Mm-hmm. And there's some managers right. that can see through it. And there's some that say, mm-hmm. woohoo, you did an right. amazing job. And it's a, it's, it's a, as a manager, it's tough to distinguish yes. between those two things. But I, I'm with you 100%. Yeah,
0: it's a good skill to have and, and you have to be responsible with it. I find it very useful Mm -hmm. when I'm trying to be influential, right? Because I essentially have to figure out how to strategically kind of build, um, a roadmap to ideal destination for whoever I'm talking to, to get them on board, to show them that what I'm saying is Mm -hmm. actually thoughtful, impactful, and it's going to work for them too. Right. And being able to kind of build the track around it, no matter how simple the idea Mm -hmm. Um, is something that Mm -hmm. um, I've definitely learned from from the
1: fluffers of the world. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. having moved. Yep, but I like what you called it, it, a powerful tool because you have to do that. To succeed in business, Mm -hmm. you have to do that. You have to take what you're doing and show how it's creating value. You have, like, because I also see the flip side where I see some people do really amazing Mm -hmm. things and they're not tying right. anybody and therefore nobody mm-hmm. knows and nobody's getting credit and no one right. can learn from them. And, you know, I think that's almost mm-hmm. as detrimental, but to your point, powerful tool, the second you flip to the other mm-hmm. extreme, now you start right. to lose credibility. Absolutely. Now let's,
0: I want to get into some of the gyms, um, that you've leveraged and even helped me leverage navigating this career change. So what advice do you have for people who are navigating career changes? And this can be into tech or completely separate.
1: Anytime I've moved into a new career, you need to go in. And actually, I remember a mentor of mine, when I left consulting and went into banking, he said to me, you need to take this company for everything it's worth. And I said, what do you mean by that? he said, you're going to one of the biggest mm-hmm. banks in the world. Learn every single thing they can teach you. They will pay for your training. They will pay for your MBA. They will pay for you to join industry organizations. They will let you network every step of the mm-hmm. way. Take advantage of it. And, mm-hmm. and I did. And I have tried to follow that through in every company I've gone to in every role, which is you have to go in with that open, super mm-hmm. motivated mind. The current position you're in, you know all the people You know where you fit in the organization. You know the good people, the bad people. You know who you want to work with and who you don't. You are going into a place where you don't know Mm -hmm. any of that. And you need to go in with this, like, almost as if you're jumping into Mm -hmm. a huge tank. You're going to soak it all in, figure out how do you get to meet as many Mm -hmm. people as possible? How can you make friends? I mean, I, I... People cringe when I say that with this friend's concept. They don't need to be your best friend and the godmother of your child. But how do you make those few connections, those people you could go to to say, hey, you know what, how do I do this? Where can I get, there's all these things, Mm -hmm. every company has them, these unsaid rules, these These things that are just informally Mm -hmm. done. How do you learn what those are? You got to make those friends. You've got to take advantage of what's unique about that company that you can learn. So whether it's training, whether they're going to pay for you to go get more schooling, whether it's just the industry and you're going to learn a lot about a specific niche of an industry, whether it's just giving Mm -hmm. you extra time to go and do your hobby, whatever it is, take advantage of it. You left Mm -hmm. your old company for a reason. And as long as it wasn't just, I want more money, you're coming there for something, especially if you're younger in your career, take it, run with it and do as much as you can with those connections. I love that. So I want to recap a couple things
0: that, that, that jumped out to me. So definitely number one, know when it is time to leave your job. Mm -hmm. Another big thing is know what you're going to sacrifice, whether it be money, passion, time. But understand, and you choose what it is upfront. Relationships mm-hmm. are the key to success. And whenever you have a career mm-hmm. change, go in with an open mind, learn, and consume.
1: Absolutely, Kim, you summed Kim, it, it up. Thank
0: you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, Nicole, this was fabulous. I hope everybody enjoyed our conversation. I know I certainly I know I did. did. And thanks everyone for listening. Feel free
0: to tune in every Wednesday for an episode of the Urban Girl Corporate World Podcast. Women are invited to join our Facebook community. We've got over 600 women from all across the world. Facebook.com slash groups slash urban girl. And also go to let's letsworkletswin.com for upcoming events and speaking engagements. And remember... The question is not if you are ready for the world, but if the world is ready for you later. you
1: got